you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. You guys look good. Well, that's, that's just understood. Yeah. So glad to have you guys. We start a new sermon series today called Games People Play. I am excited. We're going to play games for the next couple of weeks. I'm not even going to preach. I'm just going to play games Lord, whoever said that, don't send them to hell right now. Just do it later. We begin a new sermon series today called Game People, Games People Play. Today, as you can tell, it's going to be about the twister. And I'm so anointed by God, I'm going to do this up on the wall. I'm going to get on the wall and do the twister. I don't know what they were trying to think if by putting it behind me like that. But for the next few weeks, maybe you already know this, and I don't have to tell you. People like to play games, don't they? People in our lives, many times, good, bad, happy, sad, people like to play games. Our life will be full of different individuals and different people. There will be those that love us and those that are there for a season. There are those that are long-term. There are those individuals that... Uh, make us happy, those that make us sad. There are the good ones, the bad ones. There are the bullies, the mean girls. Anybody remember the mean girls? Were you a mean girl? Did somebody say yes? Lord, sit in the hell too. All type of different people in our lives. And for the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about how we deal with that and deal with the games that people play. Today, though, I want to kind of set a precedent. I want to begin to lay out our role, our role in these relationships, understanding that role. I'm going to read a passage to you. It's not my main passage today. This is the passage that will tie all of the weeks together, so it won't pop on the screen. But it says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, so in everything... Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Do me a favor. Ball your hand up like this in a fist. Now punch yourself in the face. Now you wouldn't do that to yourself, would you? But you sure do to someone else. I want you today to go home, get yourself in the mirror and cuss yourself out. Go. We need to talk about that then. Someone said, I do that every day that we need to have a discussion. In fact, the Bible tells us that we, if we would learn how to treat others the way we want to be treated, if we would treat others that way, then maybe that's what we'll get back. I'm not going to make a promise to you you will always get that back. There are just some jerky people in this world. Have you come to realize that yet? Yeah, if you're that person, say, I'm him. That's just, there are some people in this world that, well, let's just move on. So today, I want to base my sermon off of the the twister. 
Anybody ever played Twister? Raise your hand. There's a lot of people who ain't played Twister. I used to love that game. Now if I were playing, I would break stuff. My body won't bend that way. Uh, it, it actually, I'm going to give you some facts about the Twister today, okay? Uh, the, the, it was created by the, na- guy, uh, by the guy by the name of Ron Geyer. Uh, he was actually working on an ad for his dad's uh, shoe business and came up with the idea for the game. It was first kind of like tic-tac-toe with your feet is how the game first started. Also, it became one of the most popular games in the 60s. In fact, 1966 is where the game really took off because it was on a little tiny TV show called the Johnny, Johnny Carson Show. And that's where it became very popular. After that, between 1966 and 67, they sold 3 million games because of the Johnny Carson Show. It actually originally was not called Twister. It was called Pretzel. That is kind of a stupid name, ain't it? Thank the Lord they changed that. But it actually originally was called Twister. Uh, Many retailers at the time would not advertise that they had the game because they thought the game was too sexy. Serious. They thought the game was too sexy. Uh, I guess because people all intertwined and all that. Another little important fact that will add to your life today is the fact that it went all over the country except one country, Germany. Germany would not play Twister because they did not think it, they did not like women taking off their shoes in public or in a crowd. They must have some really stinky feet in Germany. So they they would not play the game actually in. Germany, they modified the game for the blind. They actually had a a, a twister game for the blind. Just thought I'd tell you that. Uh, A world record for the largest board was set in 2015. Who do you think, what state would probably actually have the largest board? Texas. Texas, a guy, a singer by the name of Thomas Rhett, right, right? Is that right? Rhett, who is that? Because I only listen to Christian music. You sinners are dying to go to hell. Whatever. If he does both, he's compromising and he's still going to hell. They actually, it was at a concert at the at and Stadium. It consisted of 1,200 standard board sizes put together for a mass of 27,159 square feet playing surface. That's a lot of twister going on. Another game actually came out of twister. He had an idea when he started the game that you would get these little soft balls while they were playing Twister and you would throw the balls at them. Nerf. Nerf guns came out of the game Twister. Do y'all not feel better today that you've got more knowledge than when you first came in? There were some other things I I couldn't say. I felt I shouldn't say. Uh, Something about Twisters with no clothes. We're not talking about that. There's a lot of stuff. See, see, I shouldn't have gone that far. 
But there was other tidbits of information that I'm just going to leave out today. Well, y'all need to play it. Next Sunday, we're playing that game. We're making a big, all coming in. We're not having service. We're just going to have a big twister game all set up in here. Do you know that we were designed to interact with others? We were designed to have relationships. We, we were designed many times to be twisted in relationships. And I'm sharing this with you today because I want to help you understand how we navigate through the games that people play in life. I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 8. Go to verse 26, and I want to read a story to you. It said, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, to the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way. He met an Ethiopian eunuch and an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandak, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. Hear this right here. You need to hear this. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Go to that chariot and stay near it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this word that we're about to receive. And I pray today, Lord, that every heart and every mind will be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one, leave this house the same way that you came. May be blessed by your word and your presence. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen and amen. As we read the story here, we hear that an angel of the Lord came to Philip one day. And in essence, tells him that he wants to go to this desert road, this desolate road. And, and there's a whole sermon within that, but there are some times in your life that God will lead you to desert places, to desolate places. Don't resist it. Don't fight it. Understand there's a purpose for it. You need to hear that. He doesn't know why he's going. He just knows that he's supposed to go. There's also something you need to hear in that. Sometimes God will lead you somewhere. It doesn't mean you have to know everything. You just got to trust God and go. You just got to... Trust God and go. As it gets there, what ends up happening is that there is an Ethiopian who's coming back from Jerusalem, going home, and he's sitting on the side of the road. Let's just taking a break. And while he's sitting on the side of the road, when Philip gets there, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to him and says, go over beside this man in the chariot. When he gets there, all of a sudden, he can hear the man talking. He's not talking to himself. What he's doing is he's reading the Word. And what he's reading is the passage out of Isaiah. And actually, the word out of Isaiah is Isaiah 53. Philip says to him, he said, do you know what you're reading or do you understand what you're reading? And at that moment, there's probably a little frustration in the Ethiopian eunuch. And what happens is, if you want to know what a eunuch is, in other words, that is a, is a slave or a servant, and what well, that actually means, well, he's been castrated to be a better servant. That's what a eunuch is. And as he's there, what ends up happening is, he says, you don't know what you're reading? He says, no. He said, how can I? Unless someone tells me. At that moment, 
Philip begins to tell him the meaning of the passage out of Isaiah 53. He says, it is a prophecy. It is prophesying the coming Messiah. But let me tell you, it's not just a prophecy anymore. It has come to pass. That the Messiah who was spoken about in Isaiah 53 has now come. His name is Jesus. He died on a cross, rose on the third day, lives forevermore. This is who this is prophesying about. The Bible goes on to tell us that at that moment after he explains the passage to him, he sees some water. He said, well, who would stop me from getting baptized? Philip's like, I ain't. I'm not trying to stop you. So the Bible tells us that at that moment that Philip and the eunuch, they go down into the water. Philip baptizes him. Now there's something supernatural that happens. You need to hear this. The Bible says at the moment that they come up out of the water, all of a sudden, Philip is taken away. Now, some theologians, some scholars are trying to say all that means is it made him leave. But that's not really what it did. What happened is, is at that moment that the Holy Spirit actually took Philip and boom, Philip's gone. And all of a sudden, that unit is going, whoa, hey, what happened? Where's he at? I share this story with you today because I want you to come to realization of something. As we talk about the game Twister, you know, you can't play the game without interaction, being twisted up, intertwined. It just doesn't happen. You can't be in this world and not have to face relationships. You can try, but God never called us to be isolated. God never called us to be by ourselves. God has called us to, to go out and, and to have friends. God has called us to go out and share the gospel. But I want to share some things with you today. Number one is this. I want you to write this down. The spot. The spot. Now, you see my little thing right here? I twist. I can't do it like that. It's going to show me what color and what part of my body. I'm going to put my hand or I'm going to put my foot. So, I twirl it, and it tells me to put my foot on Brian's head. Okay. So what I'm going to do is it said purple, and I'm going to put my foot. So I'm going to come up here, and I'm going to put my foot on blue, and I'm going to put my foot right there. That's where I'm going to, listen, that's where it goes. Now, I didn't decide. The spinner decided. Not my control, not my decision. The spinner decided where the spot was. I want to share with you something today that just like the spinner decided the spot that I was supposed to be in, do you know that there is a God that every day in your life, he is deciding certain spots, certain places, certain interactions, certain appointments that he wants in your life? Do you know that today? God is an ever-present God in your life. He's not just up in heaven and just hoping something takes place or hoping something happens in your life. He is a God that is ever-present, a God that is always leading and setting your steps in order. Remember, God said to Philip, Philip, go down to the desert road, the desolate road. Go down there. God led him there. He still did not know. He just knew the spot was on that desert road. He gets there, and then the Holy Spirit speaks to Philip and said, Philip, go over by this chariot. He leads him to another spot. See, I share this with you today because I want you to understand that God many times is directing the people in your life. Divine contacts. 
divine appointments. Have you ever had a, a moment where something happened between you and a, a stranger, you didn't even know them, but you knew it was a God moment? Has that ever happened in your life? You knew for some reason you were supposed to be there at that moment, at that intersection, at that spot with that person. See, I share this with you today because I'm of the belief that you should wake up every morning and say, God, I pray today that my eyes be open, my ears be open, my heart be open, that God, I may know, I may know without a shadow of a doubt that, Lord, you are leading and guiding my steps and that where I go, you divine me to be there. It's happened many times in my life where God will give me a word for somebody. I'll meet a stranger. I'll walk in and meet somebody. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that God has ordained and orchestrated that moment. See, the reason why it's so important that we know that there are divine spots in our life is because if we know there are when they're there, if we will recognize and we will understand that it is a God moment, then we can listen to the Holy Spirit that is speaking to us. And when God speaks to us, we then can do what God says and never understand the impact that we may have on their lives. Now, I'm not saying it's always going to be easy. You're going to have the bullies. You're going to have the mean girls. You're going to have them. They're going to be in your life. But what you got to realize is that God has put you there for a reason at that time. And listen, how you handle the situation determines when God moves you on to the next spot. And what if Philip would have stayed there? What if Philip would have said, in essence, I'm not moving. You brought me to the desert road, but I'm not moving to the chariot. I'm staying right here then Philip would have missed out on the opportunity to speak the word that God had for the eunuch at that moment. See, sometimes it's not even the words you say. It's your actions. Sometimes it's not even the words you say. It's how you, you love on that individual. Sometimes it's not the words you say. It's at that moment God has placed you there to be a blessing to help that individual. Amen. A while back, my wife and some ladies had gone uh, to Dallas, there was a snowstorm there, and they came out and they had a flat tire. I'm sure it was my wife's driving. She probably ran over something. And while they're out there, she's just hurt a whole bunch of ladies, and all of a sudden this man just appears. Said, do y'all need some help? They said, yes. He would change the tire for the ladies. And Laura said, now we're not saying he was an angel, but all of a sudden we turned around and the guy was gone. The guy was gone. She said, now I'm not saying what is an angel, but I will say this. There's no doubt that God ordained that man to be there at that spot at that moment. See, there's times in your life where if you listen to the Holy Spirit, be guided by God's word, if you listen intently, say, God, please, Lord, let my life today be used to bring glory to your name and benefit somebody. Lord, let me be an open vessel. If you would do that, God will use you. First, there's a spot. Number two, there's a strategy. There's a strategy. In other words, when I I play Twister, I've got to be able to find that spot. And many times, someone's blocking the spot. But but I've got to find a way that when the spinner stops, and that's the spot that I'm supposed to place my hand or my foot on, I've got to find a way to get my body over there. Now, I used to probably be pretty good at the game. But I'm not anymore. It's not because I'm old. It's because I have so much muscles now. I work out so much that my muscles just get in the way. Y'all know that's a lie. 
Listen to what it says right here. So he started out, and on his way, he met the Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasure of Kendak. Now, listen to this right here. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Here's the first is, there is a spot, a divine spot for each and every one of us every day that God's working. Number two, there's a divine strategy. There is a divine strategy that God has for you and for me. One, it comes by His Word. Amen. Can we learn to read his word, to study his word? There is a divine, there is a divine strategy that God has that can help you overcome any and everything. There's a divine strategy to overcome those bullies in your life. Anybody ever had to face a bully? I faced a bully. My, my ninth grade year I had a boy named Todd Mangus. He was my bully. I hated that kid. Despised that bully. All of us have individuals in our life. But can I tell you that because God has called us to share the gospel, to spread the good news, to make an impact on our community, that God isn't just randomly allowing you to be out there. God has a strategy. He said, first, go to the desert road. Second, he said, go to the chariot. Third, he said, listen to what he's saying. The Spirit of God, if you're watching every single moment, the Spirit of God is leading Philip wherever he goes. Every day when you wake up, you say, God, I pray today that you order my steps, that you guide my path. I pray that, Lord, when I don't see that you're lamping to my feet and aligning to my path, that, God, wherever I go, I know you're leading me because you're a God that loves me and cares everything about my walk. God doesn't want you all by yourself. God doesn't want you guessing. God doesn't want you just trying to figure things out. God has a purpose. He literally led him first go to the desert. Now, he didn't tell him what he was going to do when he went there. See, there are times in your life, and you need to hear me when I say this, God doesn't tell you the next step because God knows if you knew the next step, you wouldn't take the next step. God didn't tell you when he sent you to the mall that day what was going to happen when you got there and your, your, your rival, your arch rival, your enemy. God didn't tell you that you're going to run into them. Why? Because God knew you wouldn't have gone to the mall that day. But yet God some way, somehow got you there. Why? Because God was tired of you being mad and upset at that person and God wanted you to get that behind you, get that past you. God wanted you to bring some forgiveness in their life and in your life. And God opened the door to set the strategy to put you right where you needed to be at that moment. Listen, God has a divine strategy for your life. Everything you'll ever go through. Let's say that with me, everything. Everything you'll ever go through, God already has planned out for you. He already has a way out of it to deal with the bullies, to deal with the enemies. How many of you are always going to have people against us? You're always going to have people that, that don't like what you're doing, talking bad about what you've done. Listen, I've been a pastor long enough to know. Ever, I've had people run their mouth about me, talk about me, put me down. And the bad thing is they don't do it behind my back. They do it on Facebook. <laughs> Just do it like everybody else. Do it on Facebook. Well, Pastor, why don't you get involved? Because I won't do it. 
I will let my God defend me. I will let my God fight my battles. I will let my God go before me. I will let my God deal with that. Because the moment that I naturally get involved is a moment that I create a bigger problem in the situation. But the moment that I let my God set into the situation and step into the situation is a moment that God can strategize me out of the situation. God's got a strategy for your life. And you need to realize that. You need to understand that. You've got to wrap your mind around that. Listen to this. Acts chapter 8 verse 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked, how can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of the scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before his slayer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from this earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? See, God has divine spots in our life. He gives us divine strategies to deal with those. Why? Because God has called us to divinely share the good news. God has called us to divinely share the good news. Now let me say this to you. That doesn't mean that you're going to walk around on the streets telling everybody about Jesus. That doesn't mean that you're going to be up on a stage spreading the gospel. What it means is a Luke chapter 10 type relationship with others. Make a friend. Meet a need. And share the gospel. See, the problem with most of us is the reason why we can't share the good news is because we don't live the good news. The reason why we can't share who Jesus is is because our life is completely opposite of who Jesus really is. Remind yourself every day the decision you make, how you live your life, what you say, how you handle those people. Remind yourself it will either help or hurt your ability to share the good news. And I close with this one. First, there's a divine spot. There's a divine strategy. We're called to share the divine good news. And here's the last one. There's a season to all things. Listen to what he says. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to, the, to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Now listen to this. When they come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. There are some people that were not called to be in your life forever. There are lifelong friends, and there are seasonal people. Pastor, why is this so important to this story? Because I want you to hear something. Sometimes you have to allow the Lord to take things out of your life.
if you want to be blessed. See, some of you are still standing in the same spot. The problem is that it's not the divine spot. It was the divine spot two weeks ago, two years ago, but it's not the divine spot today. And you're still standing in a different season when God's called you to another season to be speaking to someone else in this season, but you're trying to live in the past. There's a new season for you. Your seasons are always changing. God is, listen, a few, a couple of years ago, God began to change my season. How I pastored, how I led. Little did I know that God was doing that within, within a two years time, then we'd have a second campus and I'm having to preach at another campus and I'm having to do all these other things. God, though, had begun to change the way I did things. And I didn't understand it. At that time, I couldn't wrap my mind around. The Lord kept telling me to do things. And I'm like, Lord, this don't make sense. This goes against what I thought. Lord, I'm not that kind of leader. I'm not that kind of pastor. What God was doing, though, was God was setting me up for a divine spot because he had a divine strategy because he wanted me to share the news of somebody else because there was a new season coming. For some of you, you need to realize you're in a new season. But you're using an old strategy. Stop using it. Live in the new season. See, as soon as, as, soon as Philip comes out of the water, the Bible says he was gone. That'd be awesome. We've got some baptism taking place at 1 o'clock service. I'm going to pray that happens. I'm going to pray I come up out of the water and I'm, I just disappear. That will freak y'all out. All of a sudden, I just peer beside one of you, sitting beside you like, hey. See, there's a reason why, though, it happened that quickly. You need to understand because God is constantly moving to a new season in your life and you can't linger where you used to be when God has called you to be somewhere else. Y'all get me preaching today. Someone needs to hear this. It's a new season for your life. The old seasons passed. It's not that it was bad. Not that anything was wrong with it. It's just not for you. Some of you need to hear this. This is a divine word for someone. You've got someone in your life. You in the wrong spot. You in the wrong season. You with the wrong person. I'm not talking to husbands and wives. Why don't you go leave your husband today? Don't you call me this afternoon and say, Pastor, I listened to you and I left my husband. Don't you do it. What I'm referring to is, you know what I'm referring to. Some of you have been dating some people that don't belong in your life anymore. Some of you got some friends that ain't your friends. And you still standing in friendships that the season is long past. And they ain't your friends. And they ain't helping you. And doggone it, you ain't sharing the gospel anymore because they ain't listening. God's called you to a new season, to a new group of friends, and it's time to move on and let them go. 
There's a divine spot. You got to trust in the divine strategy. Because God has called you to divine purpose to share the good news. Recognize the seasons. And God will bless you. Will you stand with me? I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I, I, need, this. I, I, I need some help. I feel like I'm in the wrong season and I've got some things in my life that need to go. I want you to raise your hand right now. Amen. Hallelujah. You ready? We're going to let it go then. Lord, for every hand that is raised, I pray today in Jesus' name that they let it go. They loose it. That, Lord, in Jesus' name, give them the strategy for that new spot, that divine spot in their life. Let them be willing to move on to a new season and leave behind the old season. I speak it, Lord, right now in their life. Thank you, Lord, for the next season of their life. God, it's going to be good and it's going to be glorious. And I speak it right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. Do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? If you were to die today, do you know with all certainty that you're on your way to heaven? If you don't, then today is a day of salvation. All you've got to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is a son of the living God, died on the cross for you. And confess him, Lord, of your life and you shall be saved. If you're here today and you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Hallelujah. I've had one raise their hand. Give God praise. I want all of you, not just the one that raised their hand, but all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. As there's a new name being written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.